Pints and Pies podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy War games, here comes War Games, right down War Games Lane. Two different cages, and nobody can see what's going on if they are there live. But nobody's there because there's a fucking pandemic. Everybody stay in their house. And if I see you without a mask, I'm gonna pop you in your mouth. Welcome to Tights and Fights, Lovely. the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that, frankly, it deserves. It I'm Oh, come, how ye faithful, Hal Lublin. And I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Frosty the Snow Dan, Danielle Radford. I am Frosty. And I am known um, for being sure. a cold-hearted bitch. That's right. That's your <laughs> number you one. If Danielle Radford, <laughs> you think cold-hearted bitch. I know I if do. If I'm playing a round of celebrity, we get to the part where we can say stuff, I say cold-hearted bitch, and then everybody says... Danielle Radford, and then we can just put that piece of paper, uh, you can throw it down. It goes back in the bowl later. Anyway, we're also joined by Kelk, the halls with boughs of holly, la 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 la, Lindsay Kelk. That's me! Yay! I love Christmas! <laughs> what are you What are you wearing right now? Uh, I'm currently wearing a delightful uh, $12 teddy bear romper that I bought from okay. the internet. Uh, it's right. shorts. No one can see below the waist because this is a screen. But it's shorts, mm-hmm. which make it uh, more wearable for the Southern California winter. Uh, and I heartily recommend it to anyone who really doesn't concern themselves as to how their clothes came to cost like $12. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's the don't ask questions line yeah. of clothing. <laughs> it is Very- don'taskquestions.com <laughs> hashtag not fashion Nova partner. Uh, so you should check that out. <laughs> They also have a diamond line. It's really great. Don't ask questions. Do not ask questions. You know, uh, we didn't actually get to talk about WWE Survivor Series show. We're, of course, off for the Thanksgiving holiday. But let's talk about it. First of all, I remember talking to a friend before it began, and I said, I think my three choices for match of the night. One is is New Day versus Street Profits. The other... The other low key could be Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley, and then the third is the Hoss fight between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. And I feel like coming out of it that I enjoyed all three of them. The Sami Zayn Bobby Lashley match could have gone a different way, but the psychology of it and the story of it was was highly entertaining. What did y'all think overall of the show? What were some highlights for you, Lindsay? Um, I just didn't really have very many feelings. Um, to be honest, I love Survivor oh. Series and I got really pumped for it. And then I made the mistake of telling the internet that I was excited for it. And then I, that's what happens when you express hope uh, publicly and especially online. It is dashed. But I love Survivor Series because I love the Survivor Series matches. And mm-hmm. I felt like the men's was thrown away. Really? I felt like it was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's on, it's on now. That was a weird choice. That was a weird storytelling choice for me, the way they managed that match. New Day Street Profits, I was pumped for. I feel like my expectations were a little bit too high. The match was good, but I think I just genuinely thought it was going to be such a banger for the ages that I was like, oh, it was actually just like a pretty good match. I enjoyed the horses because I like when hot men who are big hit each other. That's a thing I'm into. So that was good. Sure. Uh, But yeah. It was Bianca. Bianca was amazing. Bianca was my Survivor Series happy story. That's what I got. Fantastic. Danielle? Drew's sword didn't come out to play the way that I had maybe wished it would. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was very exciting, but I, uh, I, I need to learn as an adult that I need to stop basing my excitement on cool things that happen in entrances because they often don't have anything to do with the match. Um, sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really, you know what? I like that. I really, I mean, Asuka versus Sasha, I like anytime Sasha actually wins things, which is nice. You know, Street Profits versus New Day, I'm always going to be super into. I'm just, yeah, it wasn't like... 
you know, the best tag team fighting I've ever seen. But it still gave me what I wanted, which was just two different groups of black people doing different black people things. And the fact that you can do that and they have so many different factions now where it doesn't just have to be one thing, it can be several different kinds of things. is still really exciting for me. And the fact that you can have that in the ring, um, I'm still gonna pop really hard about it even if it wasn't like the the biggest, hugest match um, that there was. I really liked what they're doing with Jey Uso. I'm still really into it, or at least I was like into it at the time. Survivor Series is one of those pay-per-views where I let a lot of stuff kind of go. And I'm just like, it's okay. Like, that's what this is. We know that they're going to give us a month of like setting up stories. And so because of that, because I'm I'm kind of able to be like, hey, I know what this is. It's going to be a little clunky. It's going to feel a little weird. And then if someone gets injured or has to come out, it's going to be even worse. But like, it's the hype of the whatever. Um, I can kind of get past that. But it is fascinating overall how Survivor Series has changed the original concept of teams of five strive to survive. And then at a certain point, it was like teams of four strive to do more. But <laughs> teams the, the of three, thrust, no one go pee. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teams of two, good wishes to you. <laughs> and a partridge and a pear tree. Sailor's Delight. I, I the, That original concept, which came at a time before there was even really a big four, and it was just here is a here is the spectacle of these five on five matches, and we'll give you a series of them. It was an interesting premise when everything kind of lived on an island, and storylines took six months to a year to to really fully bake, and everything just sort of led towards WrestleMania, and you had sort of mini programs in there before that. But now every month has to be an event, so Survivor Series over the years just sort of changed to the point where I feel like there was almost one. My memory is probably off, but I feel like there was a Survivor Series without a Survivor Series match in it. The The fact that it even seems possible is insane. And now they've at least come back to it a little bit. I think it's hard to top what they did last year with yes. NXT oh being God, in the yes. mix. Because it was iconic also, last year's was... It was. It's really weird to actually watch something and know that this is going to be a thing you're talking about ten years later on podcast. Going like, let's all talk about the best Survivor Series match and know that it's going to be that pay per view. Uh, and this yeah. year, they had I just something think to prove. Not they that. had like a. They had a point, and that's yeah. what when we say that competition breeds good things, like that's competition breeds innovation, and that was part of what that was. Because now maybe there's a, a feeling that they don't need to do that as heavy. You know, they're off doing their war games, which is going to be great. Um, and I'm very excited for. Yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit. We got a lot of great matches. We have Shotzi Blackheart, who beat uh, Raquel Gonzalez this week, which means her team has the advantage. The babyface is getting the advantage this time. Leon Ruff will defend his North American title against Gargano and Priest. There was a great tag match at the beginning uh, of that episode where where I, the the, the storyline in this, that Leon Ruff is the afterthought, is kind of a fun... It's a fun sort of backdoor way to build that character because you assume... You assume if you were writing it that he would come out on top again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would so, like him to win it. I would like him to retain because Johnny and Damien, my good pal Damien, he's someone you can't just say his first name. You've got to say Damien Priest, haven't you? Ugh. Yes. Um, who I've yep. turned around on. I really have. I hated him with such a fiery fashion. And now I'm like, no, he's okay. Um he, which is as far as I can come around on anything <laughs> this year, <laughs> like from like, fuck you, to like, yeah, um, that's a pretty big 180 <laughs> for 2020. Um, I, yeah, you, they don't need the belt. They don't need that North American title. Uh, whereas if you keep it on Leon Roth, it opens the door to like all kinds of exciting shenanigans. I think if you put it back on either of them, you're just like regressing the storylines. Uh, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And that's why I love NXT, because I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm excited about it anyway. That's my NXT song. Well, it's a beautiful song. <laughs> it is, it is gorgeous. You. What is your number one match that you're looking forward to? This uh, women's War Games, a yep. thousand percent. That ladder match, that was the match to ascertain who would have the uh, advantage in the War Games match. It wasn't even the War Games match, and it was fucking amazing. It was so brilliantly done. Uh, the match between Shotzi and Raquel, two women who aren't even like, I mean, the NXT women's roster, every member of that roster is so good that you can't even say, oh, she's not even a top three person. She's not even a top five person. Everyone's a top three person in NXT. Anyone could challenge for that belt at any second, mm-hmm. it feels like. But they aren't arguably, Raquel, 
for sure, arguably a newer person, not a title contender as it stands right now, did amazing. I think she, like, I'm going to talk about maybe her later, but like her performance I thought was great. Shotzi's performance was great. They made a ladder match feel fresh. They made it feel urgent. At no point was I going, climb the ladder faster, you dumb. Because like they, they when they <laughs> didn't climb quickly, you knew you there was a reason for them not to climb quickly. They had just been injured or they'd just been hit or like they were a bit dizzy or whatever. Like it wasn't just like, oh, really struggling with this ladder. I loved it. I loved it so much. And then that final pose with the girls on the ladder the girls. Um with Team Shotzi on the ladder, posing on the ladder, looking like superstars. Uh, the Tony turn. I'm just like, I'm so pumped for this match. There's the not a single person, right? There's not a single person yeah. in that match who is not going to bring something exceptional to the War Games match. Uh, I am so excited about it. Is Rusev's tank still around? Can Shotzi's team just all ride different parts of the tank or no? I thought maybe that's what Rhea brought to the to the workshop when she joined the team. Maybe she rode in. She's like, I know you've been trying to fix your little tank. I popped up to Stanford and I, I got you something. Let's all ride this <laughs> tank together. Um, and that it would be just, such a beautiful thing. I just, it's, it's exciting. You've got like giant physical forces in Rhea and Raquel. You've got Ariel, expert in EO. You've got small, bendy, will murder their own bodies for lols in Candace and Dakota. Mm. You've got Tony who's mental and will just destroy her own body for the sake of a, an amazing spot. I, there's, there's nothing Tony I'm not excited Candace, about. Like, come on. I know, and Shotzi yeah. and Tony as well. Like, I just think everyone, everyone in the match has the potential to be an incredible matchup. And then you throw it into War Games. <laughs> Good luck, McAfee. Yeah. And I love Pat McAfee. Good luck. <laughs> I think that's also. I think both War Games matches look fantastic. Yeah. I I also look forward to the women's one maybe a little bit more than the men's, but that's more like saying I like. Um, one brand of chocolate ice cream more than I like another brand of yeah, chocolate yeah, ice cream. Yeah, Cocoa Krispies and chocolate, Cocoa Pebbles are both delicious. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh I can't wait to have cereal tomorrow. <laughs> I um, love cereal. Danielle, what, are you, on a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. how much are you looking forward to the strap match between Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis? I just want you to keep saying the word strap over and over. Um. <laughs> strap. <laughs> I'm disgusting. Um, I don't. I. I don't like. I don't like strap matches, you guys. I don't care about. No. That. No. I wish I did. Is it be- because they're boring and the same whipping and choking spots happen yeah, in each one? That's why. Is that why? It's exactly why. I don't. Because it's not 1975 anymore. Uh, Is that why? It's just not. It, uh, it. It does not excite me personally, but I'm happy for the people who like them. But I, I just. Oh, I, look at you! I think they're going to do something fun. Like I, I, I agree, so. I so. but I think it's Dexter Loomis, and he he's weird and interesting and fun, and I want to believe he's going to do something fully unexpected and weird with it. Yeah, he is. He's going to fuck the strap. Yes! He's 100% going to fuck the strap and force Cameron Grimes to make eye contact with him the whole time. Oh, that's, that's so why romantic. I wanted you to I just keep that. saying the word strap over and over. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to mount that strap uh-huh. and dry hump it. Nice. Nice. While Cameron Slow. watches. Mm-hmm. While that music. Hey, Julian, do you have the soundtrack for that match? Yep. There you go. There it is. Spread some rose petals over that strap. Get down on top of that strap. And then get down on top of that strap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> Forget about strap on. This is an on strap. Oh, the music's over. Um. <laughs> Uh, let me blow out these candles. Wait a second. Okay, ready, yeah, ready, everybody, ready. please. <laughs> let me get rid of this mist that's coming <laughs> to the room. Um, let's move on to AEW. Winter is coming. No. And the other no. thing that's coming right now <laughs> is the hottest segment in wrestling podcasting. <laughs> What's doing with the women's division? Let's check in with Lindsay Kelk. What's going on? What happened this week? Rest, wrestling. Some wrestling happened. Rebel looked great. I liked Rebel's hat. 
there was no Shida. I understand the Shida stuff was on dark. Uh, and instead we had <laughs> a weird match with some NWA connotations and or, or possibly no title connotations and Brit doing some stuff with some not terribly well applied eyeshadow. I will I do have to say, Brit, that was not your best eyeshadow work. Uh there was too much. It was a good match. It was a good match. I it. it was a good match. I just don't care. Like I'm s so, I just don't care. Um and I I don't know how much longer I can continue with this segment while I say, oh, one thing happened. It did happen earlier in the night. That was exciting. Uh, it wasn't on at uh, 9.27. It was oh, on it was much nice. earlier than that. So that kept people on their toes, didn't it? They were like, ooh, mm-hmm. who saw that coming? Nobody. Where is Sheena? Why was she? Why was your champion not on Winter is Coming? <gasps> Every time I say that, I have to punch myself in the face. Oh, you don't like that old ass reference? It's not my favorite, that very contemporary reference that's super cool and down with the kids, that reference. You mean the the thing that every one of us love and didn't stop loving at all at any point that we all just like continued really being into? Also, like it's winter. Like it is winter. It's December. Christmas is coming, sure. But I guess that's not got the same... It's got, not got the same spark, has it? Plus, it made me think about well, that Seth Rollins... Well, Father Christmas showed up, but that's different. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> that later. Yeah. Um, uh. It made me think about that Seth Rollins White Walker entrance, which I assume was not their intention. At least that was timely. At least that was <laughs> timely, <laughs> Julian. At least that was contemporaneous at the time. Um, I don't know. I know people are sat at home now going like, Lindsay, no, we love AEW. And I am so happy that you do. I am pumped for the people that are enjoying what they're doing with the women's matches. Um, And I know there are some, they're not listening to this podcast for sure, uh, but the people that are messaging me on Twitter saying like, there was a women's match. There's been a women's match every week. What more do you want? Um, I love those people. I don't reply to them. I mute them. Um, they're never people no. that follow you, which is the weirdest thing. I'm like, how did you come here? No. How are you, how are you they search, here? They're looking for a fight. Yeah. Some people go there looking for content and looking to engage. Some people are looking for a fight. Of course, the big story coming out of it. Well, b- before we get to the big story, I really enjoyed the battle, the battle uh, royal royale. I don't know. I guess it's that's like the potato potato. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They do so many it? of them. Like, I like I'll battle royale. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed the battle royal. You know, in like, France, they call it a royale with uh, cheese. Oh, there it Stop is. It. Yep. Another contemporary contemporaneous <laughs> reference that we can all enjoy. I love you, Julian. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a good outing for Miro slash uh, FKA Rusev. I really enjoyed the Sammy Guevara MJF Wardlow um, dynamic, and uh, I liked Orange Cassidy winning. What are they doing? I just thought it was well executed and, and enjoyed. Like most battle royals are like you watch people kind of mill around until until it's over. Mm. Like you yeah. get to the last three. But I thought there was enough enjoyable stuff within the match that it, that it was engaging and felt like it was the right length. And I, I give yeah. them kudos. You know what? You, you earned your kudos on that. So I give you kudos. What are they doing with Miro? Like what's what's the Miro plan? What is he there? Because like they have bigger monsters now now he's not like a big old fella right like they have bigger guys and they have like they have lance uh archer being a big old hoss maybe a friendly yep. hoss now that i'm not and sure brian cage uh, they got brian cage they got wardlow so mirror's yeah. not really physically in that realm anymore no so what is is he just kip sabian's gamer pal who likes bleaching his hair? Is that his? Yes. Is that who he is now? Yeah. And he Can't has a sad enough? wife. He does. If you follow him on Twitter. Wife. Yes. Yeah. Sad wife. Um, I'm just. I, that's one thing. I'm just like <laughs> he's come in. It was so much fanfare when he arrived, and then I'm n- just not really sure what the plan is. Um, and then I yeah, and I did enjoy the match itself, but then I felt a little deflated at the end. Then I'm like, oh, Orange Cassidy. I love Orange Cassidy. You know I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, sure. he's gonna. He keeps being in stuff, huh? He keeps putting that boy in stuff. He's in some more stuff. Uh, so that was my that was the only bit afterwards where I was like, ah, interesting. But I thought the match, I thought it was done well. I just, I am curious, as always, with regards to the booking. I am curious. I think you were the one who mentioned it at our, at our super cool and very 
private chat thread that we all have <laughs> it's, together. It's mostly just so that we can be like, I'm going to be late. <laughs> yeah. But uh, whoever whoever was monumentally frustrated by the picture-in-picture advertising this week, I think it was you, Lindsay, with There's the Kenny so Omega much of match. It. But they I did was it quite multiple upset times. about it. And every time it drove me crazy. Just cut away. Yeah. Just take a commercial break and come back. It does not help. You want to know something weird? I was in mm. the Thunderdome this week. Yes, yeah. special report. Right? Tell us, um, take us through the entire process of being in the Thunderdome. So I wanted to talk about the commercial, which is so weird, because that was the thing mm. I was most curious about. So I'm like, when I'm in the Thunderdome, do I just get to continue to watch the match as you would if you were there at a live event? Um, and the answer is no. So I was given my call time for 9.15 Eastern. I was like, that's weird that they tell you to come at a certain point and not for the whole thing or whatever. That's that's interesting. But I'm like, oh, I guess because some people tap out partway through and they need to refresh. Okay. And then when I logged in, it became apparent that they had suggested I show up in time for the women's match yeah. uh, because it was the Shayna, Nia, Lana, Oscar match. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, would you, would you look at that? They needed some ladies to watch the ladies. Um, but they didn't ask me to pay money to be part of an exclusive wrestling community for women who love wrestling. So I thought that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Who this would do free. that? That sounds crazy. Who would do that? Yeah. And who would mention AW it every week and have an old man known for his uh, ex- excellent portrayal of women on screen say, it's a community for women who love wrestling. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Hal later to do it properly. Um, yeah, so I... You get in there, you log in, you have to give them access to your microphone and your headphones. And I'm like, ooh, and they can hear me. And they can see you and you get like a little screen of yourself uh, like this, like a Zoom uh, screen. And there's like a little dotted line as though they've killed you, uh, but that's where to put your head. So you're in the right position in the frame. Uh, And then if you veer out of it, it comes back. So you're like, oh, I have to stay in frame. So they know where to put me. But the difference is you can hear the commentary, you can see the match, but you also have a very tired and slightly bored sounding floor manager or production manager or someone telling you what to do. So at the beginning of the match, he's saying like, okay, so we're back with uh, Naya and Shayna and uh, Oscar Lana. So Oscar's, Oscar's coming out. Let's see some Oscar dancing. Let's see some Oscar dancing. Let's see, let's see it. Let's see it. Yeah, more energy. Yeah. And it's just like, I've never been on the set of a porno, but it really had that kind of feel of someone who would like you to do something, but they themselves would not like to do it also. Um, So that was that. And then when Shayna and Naya came out, they wanted us to boo. It was like, yeah, boo. It's like big boos for these guys. Big boo. And I'm like, but I like Shayna. Um, And I felt very confused and conflicted. As, as a free-thinking person. Since you said you were going to throw it to me, I'd completely forgotten <laughs> that All Elite Heels existed until I saw the ad for it in the show. Oh, good for uh, you. And there's nothing better than, hey there, ladies, it's your old pal JR. There's two things I know. It's barbecue and women's issues. So come <laughs> hang out at All Elite Heels. Let's talk about some wrestling with ladies in it. Boy, I, I tell you, I like them boobies. I, get the, I don't even need a blue chew if I see a good pair. Anyway, that's all Elite Heels. Brought to you by Castrol GTX. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. It's the actual uh, the, worst. The, the, <laughs> the big story from AEW, which uh, instead of being in a Thunderdome, is at a big stadium full of people who don't know how to wear a fucking mask over their nose and mouth at the same time. Kenny Omega won the AEW World Championship by hook and by crook, of course, with the intervention and and microphone sneakery of Don Callis, who is now aligned with him. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but also the big the big news out of that was that Kenny teased he will be on Impact Wrestling this upcoming Tuesday. That could mean new tag matches, new women's matches, and world title matches. Let's work backwards. How excited are you to see AEW and Impact finally together, the two titans <laughs> of professional wrestling? Uh, it's like WCW times WCW. It's great. No, like I look, there's a lot of stuff about Impact that I really like. Their knockouts division is great. Um yes. I do think that that'll give us some more 
you know, the the hopefully the women in AEW will get a chance to fight with some other people and that would be really dope or just uh, some women's matches would be great. I'm actually, of all of the things that happened on Winter is Coming, um, this one is the one that I'm most excited about. Is like, okay, well, this is interesting. This is new because the thing that I liked about AEW and the thing that I liked about the Elite and, and all of those things was that it felt like it was something new that was going to do um, new and interesting um, some might say revolutionary. I don't know, but it just felt like it was going to be something, even if it's not necessarily brand new, something different. Um, and that was what I was excited for. And so for me, this feels closer to, and I, I don't even want to say promise. They didn't promise me anything. That was what I assumed based on the moves that they were making. There were a couple of things that were promised, but for the most part, it was me like being a super dumb little hopeful child. Um, but for me, this was feeling like what I was hoping we would get to see some of. So I would say this is the most excited I've been about AEW in a long time. Hey, you know, winter isn't the only thing that's going to be coming when you ladies hang out at all elite heels and finally get to talk about wrestling. <laughs> uh, oh, thank God for that safe space. It's interesting. I, I don't, Lindsay, when you were talking about Survivor Series yes. and and how high your expectations were yes. and how because of that it was hard for anything to live up to said expectations but it just feels like hey I'd rather be surprised that they do something good with it than expect something good and then get right. anything else and be disappointed by it and that's maybe a terrible way to be a fan of something maybe that's better because when they surprise me then I'm genuinely surprised rather than trying to expect expect something is that where well should we talk about that in the next yeah. let's talk about that Lindsay, in the next segment what, then what, why don't you take us out of the segment by by talking about you were very upset with the finish yes Ooh, to yeah. to the yeah. Omega Moxley match which was a good match it was I don't, fine. They, it wasn't their their New Japan match it wasn't match. their best match that they have they had. built that up for so long yep yep but maybe it was the appropriate level of good for winter is coming. I don't. I don't know. Um, I so everyone knows how I love Kenny. Like warm and fuzzy feelings for Kenny at all times. Like I love that man. He got me into New Japan. He really broadened my horizons of my wrestling fandom. I just think he is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and he is probably my favorite wrestler or has been like at this point. Um, now I'm like I don't know anymore. It's like that. Sleet a Kitty album that wasn't very good. Like, stop doing it. Um, it makes you question. It makes you ask questions. Um, but you also can't ask people to stop doing the thing that they do when you stop liking it. I realize that. I know mm. that. It's not my thing. It's his thing. The reason I was excited about AEW was because of the promises they made and uh, the Kenny of it all. Because, like, he has put on some of my favorite matches of all time. And now my favorite was going to be on TV in America every week when I could watch him easily I was so excited. Um, I sure. He has not really been pivotal to AEW's storylines for the first year. I think we can say that. Even as tag team champion, it never really felt like it was front and center. And it's like, you've got one of the best toys. If you've got one of the best toys, don't you play with the best toy? Don't you put the best toy out at the front? Um, but they didn't. And then they were like, no, okay, let's. it's time to play with the toy. It's time to get the toy out of the box, get the Kenny out of the box. And then what we're going to do when we take the Kenny out of the box is this. And I don't even know how to explain it. Um, we're going to... I'm trying to stay open-minded. I'm trying to say maybe this is the opening of something amazing and iconic and maybe this doorway into this crossover is going to be so incredible that I will be like, oh my God, I'm so happy Kenny was a part of this. So you've put a belt on him by cheating... Uh, his first championship reign at AEW is, has been achieved by cheating. Heel Kenny I have no problem with. Heel Kenny being used in a weird screw job angle, which I just think is a huge mistake. Mm. Uh, again, we'll talk about this in the next segment as, as to why AEW is, is a promotion that runs exclusively on bitterness and nostalgia. Um, why would you keep calling it the screw job? Why would you have Callis tweet AEW screwed AEW? Because all you're doing is reminding everyone about the other screw job. And why did they keep mentioning? They mentioned Okada a couple of times during the match. And I'm like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> like, I would leave that mm. reference at 
the door. Um, I just, it just feels like a very odd choice to me. And maybe that is my Kenny fangirl coming out that just struggles with this choice. But yeah, I don't love it. Well, you... You wrote in the text, you were like, he shouldn't have to cheat to win. He shouldn't, he's... That's a boring, normal wit. But then I think... I mean, he doesn't have to cheat to win. I... He is a he is the best wrestler they have. Like, he is the best wrestler. Right. I, I, I didn't have as big a problem with that, depending on where it goes. Yeah, and I'm I, trying to stay open-minded. Like, like, I think at the I, moment, yeah. reaction was, like, this is wrong, he's the best. I don't right? want to see him cheating yeah. because I know how great he is. It it cheapens him to have him cheat. But that was my, like, spur of the moment. That's what they wanted me to feel. They wanted me to be like, oh, exactly. my God. They they worked me. They were like, oh, my God, Kenny Omega cheats to win title. Oh, my God. But, like, I just, having come away from it, I'm like, okay, I'm open-minded to see where it goes. But also, like, it it is going to be a problem going forward for his reign for me. That it's like, what? how does this define his his inaugural AEW championship reign. I yeah, I think it's right. hard because he was off TV for so long and he wasn't doing anything and everyone was like, "Well, where is Kenny?" Like it's we respect. Obviously, like at first it was like, "Dude, I think it's pretty awesome that they're um, you know, putting the emphasis on other talents and they're not And he kept losing out. too when he was on TV, he lost all the time right. at the beginning. And so I think that that's part of it is is like, "Okay, well, like he's like on TV. He is like doing his thing and for it to be that he gets it like this when we've been waiting so long for like a proper Kenny Omega run. And yeah, it does make you salivate for when it actually happens. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a house of cards for me right now, man. Like there's like one thing in the whole thing. I mean, and, and I love the people that it's for, but uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I hate to keep being that person. We'll talk about it next segment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, let's do that. If you have anything to say about what we've discussed so far, the conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, and all Elite Heels. When we come back, we're going to talk about the AEW debut of the Stinger. Sting, huh? That's up next on Tights and Fights. This episode is brought to you in part by Magic Spoon. Now, the three of us, in addition to our love of wrestling and our love of podcasting. We all love cereal and we also want to make good choices for our bodies, right? Mostly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing I do. Um, I've talked about this online, so it's not like a big old secret. Um, I have ADHD. It's like a thing that I have. Um, and something that my doctor recommended because, uh, science knows why I don't, um, but going keto and like eating, um, high protein, um, and low carb is really good for people with ADHD. And so that has been a thing that I have been doing. And the sucky thing is that it actually works. I hate it. Y'all. Uh, I hate that doing keto actually makes my brain work better, but it does. And so one of the things that I look for are like treats and, um, easy ways to do keto. Cause a lot of it, you know, you see people who are like, uh, uh, you know, I made this thing at home and it's like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna make my own cereal. I'm not gonna make my own donuts. I'm not doing that. I'm a human who is busy. Magic Spoon cereal like tastes the way that you remember things tasting, which never happens. And it's easy. I can just like eat that for breakfast and I don't have to worry about taking out different things and measuring this and putting this on a scale. Because again, I can't stress this enough. I'm not going to do that. That's right. Magic Spoon cereal is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. It contains zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Lindsay, we got some Magic Spoon cereal, each of us. And some of us... Danielle, we're trying to get other people's magic spoon cereal. Uh, you don't yeah. want your cereal, I'll take oh, it. I mean, if you guys I know don't I like want it. that cereal. What is your what is your favorite flavor? Uh, it's cocoa for me. I'm a cocoa fiend. Um, I, I'm cereal obsessive. When I was younger, I wanted to be Jerry Seinfeld because I wanted to live in New York, date irresponsibly, and have an endless supply of cereal. Uh, that was why he was my hero. Um, and he got to talk shit for a living. And I now I get to do that too. Um, and thanks to Magic Spoon, I can do eat cereal. I would eat it for every meal. I honestly would. I love cereal so much. And most of it is just a box full of sugar and it breaks my heart. Uh, but I love the cocoa flavor because it really feels like I'm getting my sneaky treat. 
Um, and then somehow it's good for me, which I don't like to think too much about because I, I lean into the treat. Uh, but I love it so much. Oh, hey. frosted with like vanilla unsweetened almond milk. Mm-hmm. It tastes like um, if you were a treat that was crispy, it would taste like that. It is Listen, delightful. You want a pro tip? Mix the cocoa and the frosted together. <gasps> yeah, that's right. I'll do it. I'm a rebel. Oh, that sounds malted. Ooh. <laughs> And you can be just like all of us. Just go to magicspoon.com forward slash tights to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code tights at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. That means if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. But they know that's not going to happen. That's confidence in your product. So go to magicspoon.com slash tights and use the code tights for free shipping. We thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the podcast. Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right. It's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Wadiway, the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. AEW has regularly brought out stars from yesteryear to get some excitement from longtime fans. And on Tuesday, they did it again when they brought back WCW, TNA, WWE, and Snow Star Sting. He's a blizzard. He's the human blizzard. Sting is of an era. I've talked about this. Sting is of an era where in both WWE and WCW, I was like not watching at the time. So I don't have like a huge well of Sting knowledge or Sting nostalgia. Nostinged? Yeah. Nope, that doesn't work. Nope. Stingstage? Nope. There's Nostinger. no. Nostinger. Nostinger. Nope. Nostinger. We're working really <laughs> hard to find a word for a thing that none of us have. So, Phenopalatine. Neuro. Mm, never mind. <laughs> um, oh. Sting has had, if you look back at the entirety of his career, from breaking in with the Ultimate Warriors, Tag Champs, to sort of like beachy California sting with the brush cut and the makeup. Then he goes away and becomes the crow sting and becomes even more popular and is the the enduring mythical figure of NWA slash WCW, which is why everybody always wanted to see him face The Undertaker. Right. Because they were the two, if not supernatural, sting was always sort of, uh, you know, he's the crow. He's a Brandon gets, Lee, come back gets from the grave. goth, <laughs> girls, horned yeah. up. Yeah. Does that mean um, that now he's back again? Is he the Stings Have Eyes 3, the Stingening? That's is right. Is that what this is? He's the Stingening yeah. now. Excellent. Okay. I, I was never a huge WCW slash NWA fan. I remember watching that only when I was sick and it was on TV. Like, the only time I remember really watching was I watched a Ric Flair promo and I had a fever headache. And I was maybe 11. And that... It's just not it. Like I was always aware of him. Just always remind you of that headache. Yeah, I just, I have never been a big fan. I don't really. I wish him the best. He seems like a decent human being. I hope he is. I hope he's happy. He's obviously made a lot of money in in his career, and rightfully so, as a top star. He was injured in a freak accident with Seth Rollins, mm. and because of that, it seemed like he would never wrestle again, at the very least, that he should never wrestle again. But as we've learned from a number of returning wrestlers from neck injuries, that 
that they found a way to extend their time in the ring and he just couldn't stay away. I can't remember how old he is right now. I believe he's somewhere in his 60s. He's old enough to know better, I think, is the uh, is the age that my mother would put him at. Um, I'm going to look it up because I just fully expect yeah, it to come up with a big red sign saying too old to wrestle given his busted neck. Call. Um, sixty-one. Yeah, sixty-one. Yeah, they yeah. can just like just uh, just get some popsicle sticks and just wrap it around that son of a bitch and get right back in the ring. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just um, pipe cleaners and yogurt pots at this point. That's mm-hmm. all that's in there. That's all that's in there. Have either of you ever been Sting fans in any way, shape, or form? No, I don't care about him at all. And I I know that that's going to be so like controversial and people are going to hate it. I just don't. And again, it's wrestlers. It's it's time and place. He was not of the time and the place when I was watching wrestling. I just, I right. have no, and it's not even like I hate Sting. I am ambivalous, amb- ambivalent. That's the I word. like ambivalous though. That's a good I'm one. Ambivalous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I have no Sting feelings. Uh, I, and it's weird because I also have no Goldberg feelings. But when he first came back to WWE for a second, I think I was kind of like, oh, this could be cool if it's limited. And I think I felt that way the first time Sting came back. I was like, this could be cool if it's limited. Right. But um, I just, I, I, I got to start modifying two dudes. It's got to be two dudes who are active on the roster. I think that has to start being my two dudes stipulation. Because I think it's two dudes who go away for like, five and ten years at a time and then come back i'm not saying i'm happy when people are dead but at least there are certain bands that can't come back to Lollapalooza anymore you know what i mean i don't have I to do. watch yeah. them struggle through things um yeah i i don't I, I want you to make money please make money sting's a great talker put him on the mic man He's great at talking. He is amazing. He, the way that he explains the business when he talks, he gets it down to its core. Have him, have him produce documentaries that are just about the business and have him narrate them. And I will watch. And that sounds amazing. Get him out my ring. Or at least, you know what? Put him in the ring. But don't be mad if I don't watch those shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like, there's no doubt he's earned his place as, as, yeah. One of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, whether it's from an in-ring performance standpoint or not. Just overall, it's it's hard because there are people, some of whom have been revealed to be racists as recently as the last decade, who there's no denying mm. how great a star they were and how big their contributions were, whether they turned in the best matches or not. That... that that the ability to have a great match doesn't necessarily translate to you being one of the greatest of all time. No. And Sting is in a category where, you know, he had very good matches and he also could talk and he also, like you said, has a great understanding of the business and all of that allowed him to stay where he is. Guys like um, his ability to, to reinvent himself even though he only did it twice, <laughs> still, like he did enough to if, stay popular. He knew there, what there were some other there were some other Look. versions of Sting that yeah. weren't nearly as famous. Like he was like like this character, like this take on the Joker when he was in Impact Wrestling, which I wouldn't blame. Don't you. tell me things sure. that sound I'm sure worse. Most people don't know. Why yeah, are you telling like, us things that sound worse? Why would you do that? What are you and then there was when he wrote, like, he wrote a motorbike and he was oh, the Sting did he badass. do Joker stuff? He wanted uh, the Joker stuff. Know, it was, was it stuff. was about it was like your dad who after after he saw Heath Ledger do Why? his thing, he was like, Woo hoo hoo look on the Joker, woo hoo hoo, you know, just like, like Ray no, Mysterio. No, thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, thank you. A little bit like that. I, uh, <laughs> thank you. no, thank you. I was just gonna say, like, even if um blonde Florida racist was not revealed to be racist and he kept coming back and coming back, I would feel the same way. And I I went up hard for blonde Florida racist before we knew. Mm-hmm. Um and and if he was if he wasn't and he kept trying to come back i would still be like at a certain point like we gotta let it go at least with yeah. like when the rock comes back it's like well he's also like an actor and rock, he kind of he's one of the biggest stars in the world he comes in and then he pops out again he doesn't like yeah. affect it in a way where it's like, oh, I have to deal with this for a year. Mm-hmm. The way that you've messed up everything for everyone I like a full ass year. Dope. Yeah. Um, and, and and yeah, so I, I don't know. It's hard. It's it, it it's uh, I, I, so it's not just that I never really 
cared about this dude who apparently at one time did Joker stuff, which I do have to kind of look up so I can laugh at it. Um, but it's also if it was any old dude, any old dudes, I'm also like, there, yeah. there are, I believe there are places for them. I don't believe those <laughs> Florida. places. It's Florida. I, Florida. That's where it's for them. See, I just don't believe that those places are doing things that irreparably mess up the flow of whatever else was naturally happening on the show. The thing I think that hurts it the most for me, again, as someone who is not a sting, I'm not, not, I, I, I am ambivalious. Uh, I've, I've altered it for you. I am ambivalent sure. uh, because I am Still both ambivalent and oblivious to a lot of his career because I didn't have WCW when I was a kid. If it was on in the UK, I don't know where because um, it wasn't on a channel we had. So I didn't know about WCW until I got older and then I wasn't watching when he was in WWE. He's someone that I've become aware of as an older wrestling fan and figured out his stuff later. I'm mean, like, oh, okay, but I don't have an emotional connection to him. But again, same as Danielle, when he when he appeared, I was like, oh, okay, I'm into this. And then Triple H had to beat him because, lol, Paul. Oh, uh, Paul's yeah. got his, his business to take care of. Uh, and it's usually enacting his father-in-law's revenge. Daddy, <laughs> daddy, I was ever so good. I beat uh-huh. I beat the Batman, daddy. I beat the man with the bat. I did Are the you thing happy? you told me to do, and he did it for money. Uh, do you love me now, daddy? Um, but I, I think the thing that hurts this the most is that this would be potentially awesome. Like, I could really pop for this if I hadn't had to tap out of watching AEW and go for a bath and miss this. No, I went for a Peloton ride. Uh, <laughs> I took a bath last night. Uh, I bathe daily. Um, in honor of Britney Spears' birthday, I did, I did the Britney okay, Spears Peloton ride in honor of Britney's birthday because I was like, I can't up watch for Britney Spears. any more of this. It's not a real Peloton. It, it's the knockoff, and I use the app. It's, it's an Etch-A-Sketch way. tied to uh, <laughs> yeah. one of those pedals. Tied to a regular bike that Jeff desk. holds off the ground yeah. while I yeah, just yeah, pedal furiously it. around the living room. <laughs> That's you shake it, and you're and you're done with your exercises for the day. And then you just feel great afterwards. And then you give someone $100. Um, But uh, I think it would be great if AEW hadn't already brought out every fucking person who has ever performed in WCW ever in the history of wrestling at some point in the last year. If Jake the Snake wasn't already there, if Tully wasn't already there, if Arm wasn't already there, if all these people hadn't already shown up, wandered around padded around aimlessly after young wrestlers holding bits of laminated card or, I don't know, a glove, whatever the fuck they're all doing. If this was like the first time we were seeing this and they said we're bringing in Sting to work with Darby Allen, I would be like, holy shit, this is awesome. Instead, I'm like, oh, another one. Awesome, another one. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the risk of sounding ambivitish. Um, <laughs> I hate y'all so much. AEW, when they were introduced, seemed like... Th- their mission statement was to be revolutionary to change the business. It didn't seem like it, Hal. They said it. They said we were going to be the most progressive company and we were going to revolutionize the industry. Words they said. Is, we have Mid-South yeah. 3.0, I think at this point is what we're getting because we had Mid-South, then you had WCW, now you have AEW. At least if it, it was Southpaw, it would be like your... <laughs> Justice the Southpaw. Bring back this, Southpaw. Yeah. I'd I don't watch know what... That. I, I watch the show because there are some people who I like on it, obviously, who I'm a fan of. But I also watch it as much as I can because I know we're going to talk about it on the show, that it's something that's that's going yeah. on. And it is – I'm sorry, Impact fans. It is a major competitor to WWE, which Impact has never been and will never be. It's just smaller, and that's okay. That's not – I'm not talking – I'm not talking poorly about it. However, Impact has given us great things. Um, yes, this is not. So it's I, okay that it's not like a direct competitor. Exactly, I'm saying it's 100 it percent fine. There can it's, be multiple things okay. that operate at multiple levels, and they can yeah. all be good or they can all be bad. It's it, it's not a a black or white situation. Charmed was a good show. It wasn't Buffy. True. Yeah, there you Truth. go. I don't draw a ton of joy from watching the show. There are moments that stand out that are great, and like the me and my shadow segment was great, mm. but everything else. There are so many things that feel like a rehash. 
joy. The the things That's I the recognize word. are 100% rehashes. Yeah, there's no joy in it. The that other stuff, I'm not watching their fucking YouTube channel to figure out what the hell is going on. I, don't I know keep that. watching because there are moments I like and I know from from as long as I've watched wrestling that there are a lot of moments that are terrible right. and then some moments that are great that keep you going. Lindsay, you you said you alluded earlier to the fact that you were you were done with AEW. Go ahead and It's and just talk really a bit hard. About that. It's this year has been so difficult for so many people for so many reasons. And to find two hours out of my week every week that if I were watching the show for two hours on a Wednesday and I was like 50% loving it and 50% hating it or 30% loving it, 30% hating it, 30% ambivalent, then like... I would make it work, but it's getting to the point where I'm like 90% furiously angry or frustrated or miserable or just like frustrated is the main word. And then Mm. I am someone who hates being frustrated because it means something's out of my control. And I realized this week that it is entirely within my control to turn the fucking thing off. It's optional. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. No, exactly. And I've I've watched it because I love wrestling. I've watched it because there are people there whose work I have loved. And there's people there who, on occasion, I still love their work. But it's just so hard for me. I'm mostly watching it now because it is part of my job. What is it? If you took away all the nostalgia, if you took away anything that alludes to wrestling of the past, anything that didn't happen in AEW... What do they have? What legs does it stand on? If Miro can't mention, if he was never allowed to mention that he came from somewhere else and they didn't appreciate him. If Jericho Mm. was never allowed to mention they didn't appreciate him. If Mox was never allowed to mention they didn't appreciate him. If they weren't allowed all their old school acts to come out and hold up everyone's hand. If they weren't allowed to mention the screw job. Like it just goes on and on and on. The screw job thing really spun me for a loop. Because I'm like, why? Of all the things to allude to, this is arguably, he keeps saying arguably, like, fight me. Um, don't fight me. <laughs> don't <laughs> you fight will her. lose. Um, but, like, <laughs> this is all signs point towards their biggest angle yet. If they're going to have an impact AW takeover, even if it's a pay-per-view, if it's a merger, whatever it may be, however this looks, it's arguably the, the biggest thing they've done. And the way they set it up is to allude to the Montreal screw job. Like, the fuck were you thinking? I, I just want to say, like, it's... I like watching things that I enjoy. And I don't enjoy AEW anymore. Um, so I'm going to watch... Uh, I'm going to do that thing that I do where I say, hey, if something that I see on TV is really... If I hear that it's really good, I'm going to go back and watch it and be psyched about it. There's too much... I think we're all very busy and there's a lot of wrestling. I'm going to do that thing that I do where I watch the wrestling that makes me happy. And then I don't have to be negative on a podcast about the stuff that I don't like. Yay. Yeah. If you've got any thoughts on what we've discussed, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tights and Fights. Hey, friends. Jesse here, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have some really great news to share with you. This year has brought a lot of changes for all of us. And one tradition that we were grateful to be able to hold on to is our annual pin sale to benefit charity. This year, through your generosity and love of pins, you helped raise $95,400 for Give Directly. If you're a member and you bought pins, they'll ship in January. In the meantime, your support will provide direct cash relief to families impacted by COVID-19 across the United States. Even in this incredibly tough year, the Max Fund community remains extraordinarily kind. And whether or not you bought pins, you can continue to help by heading to givedirectly.org. And as always, thank you. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. This week, we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. Danielle, what do you want to put over? 
I don't think that I've put this person over yet, but uh, occasionally I just want y'all to see, um, look, uh, just some black ass, queer ass stuff. Uh, and uh, since we don't always get it in the promotions that we all watch, um, I want to put over Billy Dixon. If y'all don't know who Billy Dixon is, amazing wrestler and also um, runs a ton of really or uh, is running like shows that you should check out. Um, great on Twitter. Just really good queer black shit and I love it and it makes me really really happy I don't know the status of his show Paris is Bumping which is a as it sounds a combination of wrestling and ballroom culture which is amazing um I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with that uh, with COVID and everything I believe that that is still happening but just check out Billy Dixon go follow him give him a follow listen to everything that he does go watch him when he's performing um, often those shows can be found on like Fight TV or other places just uh, uh, someone in the community who is doing great work again I'm all about like put money where mouth is and Billy does that so go check him out Lindsay uh, briefly I'd like to put over Bronson Reed on Twitter for not being a QAnon conspiracists and um just <laughs> telling people to wear masks and find out about science his twitter feed is just like a marvel of a common sense human being saying what's going on over here um which sometimes is just a real breath of fresh air in wrestle twitter i love him uh and then i do oh, i gotta got give a shout out to um raquel gonzalez in the ladder match this week i think she is one of the most improved wrestlers like period but one of the most improved wrestlers in wwe and the nxt women's division for sure she came in in the may young and was kind of like just a big big girl a big lass as my nana would say oh she's a big lass um who just kind of stood around and was big and you really didn't know which way it was going to go with her and i think she's going to be a superstar like i think she is so good so improved Mm. i love her character i love what she does i love her look um I'm really excited to see what she's going to do in war games. Uh, I think she is, uh, she's another woman who is uh, breaking boundaries character wise. Like I don't know who there was before her that does what she does. The closest analogy is China, which is never an insult. Um, And I just am really, really loving watching her grow in the role that she's in. And I think she's just going to be one to watch this weekend. And I would like to put over, also from NXT, Johnny Gargano's commentary on the opening tag match because he is a treasure. We don't deserve him, and yet we get him every single week. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Daniel Radford and Lindsay Kelk, along with me, Hal Lublin, who you can see this Thursday, December 10th. At 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time in the We Got This Public Domain Winter Spectacular. It's going to be a holiday-themed clean slate with our friend Paget Brewster joining us as a guest and also a ton of incredible musical performances. Ticket sales benefit Lyft, which empowers families to break the cycle of poverty. You can find out all the information, anything you need to know at houseseats.live. If you can't make it on the 10th, the show will be available through the holidays, so you can still help raise money for an amazing charity. Check that out at houseseats.live. I'm at Hal Lublin on social media for everything else. Danielle. Oh, um, yeah, just keep watching those honest trailers because I make them. Um, I just finished writing a thing. Uh, I keep telling y'all writing comics is hard. Uh, I just turned in a draft of a comic. Uh, very exciting when I can announce that because uh, they have to announce it first, I guess, with like my picture and everything. Ooh la la. Um, so when that is announced, um, I will let y'all know. Um, it is something um, that I'm super excited about. So um, uh, we'll look, uh, watch this space. Listen to this space. Sure. I don't know, man. I don't know words today <laughs> because I've literally, I got up at two in the morning because I had work to do and I wanted to punch up scripts. I am a very tired baby. Oh my goodness. Lindsay. I like my job. <laughs> um, I oh, I also mostly like my job. Um, I, <laughs> my kettle is broken and my laptop isn't working properly. So it's a real trying time to be a writer. Um, so what I would love for you to do is buy my books because uh, I got books and you can buy them and they make great gifts um, or you can get them from your library and that doesn't cost you a penny there's a bunch of them on Kindle Unlimited if you have that uh, which again it means that it's not really a cost to you apart from your monthly subscription which I know is a cost but you know what I'm saying um, but yeah I got books please buy them they're funny um, and we could use that at the moment I think 
so yeah, check out my books. I'm at Lindsay Kelk on the social medias if you have any questions regarding said books. Woo! Our producer Julian Burrell is sitting next to a Christmas tree right now. I can see the branches. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. And if you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Tis the season for that. Tis also the gift-giving season, so you can buy the Tights and Fights t-shirt for yourself. There's nothing wrong with getting a gift for yourself or get it for the wrestling fan slash podcast fan in your life that you love. And thank you so much, as always, to the Max Fund members who make this show possible with a portion of their recurring monthly contribution. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.